Hello, and welcome to Mama Needs Love Too. I'm one of your hosts, Danica. I am Leanne. And today, first of all, I don't feel well. I think it's going around. Yeah, I have a, I'm getting a head cold, so that's why I sound, you know, all stuffy. I'm just getting over it. I know, you were sick. I don't know, it's these children. Like, I really believe it is the kids. I wholeheartedly blame them for any illnesses that come into my family. Like, well, not like, you know, diseases, but like sicknesses, <laughs> colds and the flu. Oh, yes, y'all. Anything disgusting. Anything germ-related. Anything germ-related because you do not wash your hands. The CDC, I just made this up, but the CDC <laughs> says you should thoroughly wash your hands and you are not doing that. Hand sanitizer doesn't work. And you're spreading all those germs in my house and I don't appreciate it. I did share something in our group about a study a teacher did with bread where she rubbed like a piece of bread on a laptop. Mm -hmm. She um, had all the kids rub their dirty hands on a piece of bread. Then she had them all wash their hands. Did the mold explode? The mold from the (laughs) Chromebooks was so disgusting. The whole piece of bread turned green. I was like, that is... I believe it. Absolutely gross. I believe it. Their dirty hands were gross. And just using hand sanitizer alone also caused mold and was very gross. So my... Was it my son? No, my daughter's classroom when she was in like first grade. They did an experiment and to simulate germs, they used glitter. And each kid got like a different color of glitter, glitter on their hands. Goes away. I know you have to just like blow your like house germs. up if you use glitter in your house. <laughs> I know. You forget it. You did not just throw the whole house away. But she used glitter. And so by the end of the day, the they had to see how much each color transferred onto other stuff. And mm-hmm. so that was. I thought that was kind of a cute way to, cute. to show kids. Because, yeah, the glitter, it was it was a hodgepodge. And, like, within 10 minutes of, like, blue was over there by pink and pink was by green. It was just disgusting. Mm-hmm. So. It's very much like germs. Like, they don't go away. Yeah, and that's what she was trying to do, to get them to wash <laughs> their hands. Because it was like you're transferring your little spores everywhere. So, yeah. Kids they... are like outbreak monkeys. Yeah, and I, it didn't <laughs> help that I had watched Contagion. Like right before that, and then they got the whole coronavirus, coronavirus thing, thing yeah. going on, and so, uh, yeah. So I'm just getting over. I've been drinking tea every day. I'm drinking some as we speak. I had uh, somebody told me to make a concoction of ginger ale with ginger and lemon that you boil it. It's like just a super infusion of ginger into your body and vitamin C. That I, I can see working because the ginger is an anti-inflammatory. Now, but to me, boiling the ginger ale makes no sense. Well, you get well, Ice Canada Dry. It's also made with ginger, so it's like, like I said, it's super ginger. Like I ain't taking my good Canada Dry and boiling it. I don't even drink ginger ale, and I did buy. It. And I was kind of upset but... about the fact that it was two dollars. But <laughs> I know I don't buy I don't buy soda. So to look at it and right. see that it's not twenty five cents, I'm like, what is this? Why is this not a dollar anymore? Yeah. Like, why are yeah. we charging two dollars? I guess I'm old. Um, but it was two dollars, and then I used some of it. And the kids were like, oh wait, don't pour it all in there. And then they proceeded to drink all of it the rest of the day because I don't buy soda. So the fact that there was soda in the <laughs> house, what were there? They were like, you what is this? What are you doing? Why do you have this contraband? And Wait why are you about to kill it? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you mean, boil it? What are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, I proceeded to look for it the next day, and it was all gone. 
Yeah, that's how my kids do. Because the only time I buy a pop is when I'm buying like Jack Daniels mm-hmm. <laughs> and Coke. <laughs> and they like, I go in there, my Coke is slowly dwindling, but the Jack Daniels is still at full mass. But, I'm like, y'all little. The plus is the Jack Daniels is still at full mass. Yeah, that is the plus. And we 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 remember the conversation we had with the other mother. Oh my God! So yeah, moms who are going through it, we are so sorry. Cause when you have children that do normal stuff, like drink soda, that drink your soda versus drink your vodka, you kind of just appreciate or take your, your children or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, um, just you know. There was one mom we talked to who to give you all a backstory who unfortunately is going through some things with her soon to be stepson. So I just I don't know. When it which comes, I'm not licensed for all of that. So when it becomes out of out of my realm of um thought process, I just pray for you. All I could do bless well, I mean, you, my child. I I'm not a clinician. I can't help you with that. Yeah, but you also kinda have to be open to receiving like information or receiving I think it's hard to receive information from other people when you think you know it all. And I think we've all been there where you're like, yes. I know what's best for my kids, especially before you had kids. Girl, I used to get people or like, your children are fine, but this one that comes into your house is not. not. So you that throws your, your throws center your of phone. gravity off. Right. So um, there, I feel like the universe always finds a way to kind of bring you back to the center where you can start um, realizing that you do need help, you don't have all the answers, and that you can go to either professionals or other moms in your community that could kind of um, help uplift you and give you advice. And sometimes I think that people don't really want solutions; they just want to, to be vent. heard. Yes, I agree. And my, my, what my goal for the twenty twenty is to just let people be heard. But I'm a fixer, so it's always hard for me to just like. Well, since we just started, you have time to work on that. I am. It's yeah. only I this is going to be March. What I, I blinked, and the year is it's almost over. <laughs> We're almost at the end of the first quarter. But yeah, so today we are talking about co-parenting, and I'm gonna be blowing my nose all through the thing. Just to, I'm sorry. That's really disgusting. I'm so I'm sorry. Really sitting here, and I'm. <laughs> All I can do is apologize. <laughs> it's okay for the people that are hearing us through the podcast, but for I should me, probably go get a mask. I have a few too. I feel like I need a mask. If it wasn't for the fact that I have that I'm getting over something right now, I would be more offended. But I'm right. Not. So you know, hey, just join the join the party. Anyway. Uh, this is not the type of party I want to go to. <laughs> I rarely go to them, and so <laughs> for this to be my <laughs> only party invite. <laughs> I don't know if I'm feeling it. Don't invite me to those type of parties. Invite me somewhere nice. All right. But, okay, back to our topic, co-parenting. Yeah, I got nothing. I Listen, I wanted that to be a topic because that is something I struggle with. Jesus, Lord, have mercy. So, it's getting better. I don't co-parent. I, I ain't got nothing for you. That's, you're actually <laughs> lucky. <laughs> You know, I, I honestly, for for people who, I, I admire two types of women. Women who have absolutely no contact with their child's father at all and get to just, like, do what they want, carte blanche with their kid. And then the other women who have amazing co-parenting relationships. Because mine, you know, I've gotten to the point where it's, it's, 
we're we have to communicate through an app. So mm-hmm. for parents who yeah, for parents who struggle, you know, and and have a, a pretty poor communication style with their co-parent, mm. there's an app. Or well, not an app, it's a website. You have to pay for the app. But it's, well, it it is in a sense because it's basically logging the communication in case you guys have to go to court. These, this website is actually admissible in court. I know because that's what it is. It's court recommended. Well, I'm saying text messages aren't. You have to have something Text messages aren't admissible in court and it is recommended by the courts to use this app called Talking Parent. It's called Talking Parent. Um, to communicate with the other parent, um. In order to have that communication admissible in court. Yes. For like, you know, I don't know. For anything. Visitation, Visitation, whatever. mediation, just yeah. communication. We've if been you're to, not. I've been to court. So I'm divorced. I've been to court order mediation. Um, but still right now, the the communication is just, I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> oh, who's Well, see, I just don't communicate. With anybody, I'm I have you. a team meeting with myself. So, I, what do you think about that? I oh think my that's god! A good idea. Okay, now I don't know. Like but, the video, there was a video on Facebook before I got off Facebook. A woman, a comedian, had she did oh, the a video with herself. She yeah. did a team meeting with her brain looks like for her anxiety, uh-huh. anxiety. just like yeah. six of herself. One was anxiety, one was depression. One was like doubt. It was it, the video so was hilarious. Felt, so felt all of that. Yeah. It is hilarious because it's relatable shit. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I uh, choose not to communicate with um, the my children's other parent mostly because I'm in the process of setting up very clear boundaries, boundaries. and then. Uh, Unfortunately, he's the type where if you try to have amicable conversation, he thinks that that means oh it's she an likes inroads me. to the reconciliation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like it's not. It is my process of growth of trying not to just argue with you all the time, but try to talk to you like you're an adult that has feelings, but don't cross this line in the sand. This is not working. So, I just don't talk to the person, period. But I was scolded not too long ago for an incident that happened back in the summer where I dyed my son's hair for the summer. And he was like, why would you dye his hair? Without consulting me. Right. And I was like, I don't consult you for anything else. (laughs) So, I didn't think that dyeing the child's hair, which is very temporary because he's a boy, it could be cut cut off, uh, was absolutely necessary for my life. I just think I had to pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm about to put some hair dye in the child's yeah, hair. Yeah, I want to Odell Beckham my kid for a week or two. What do you think? Yeah. Um, And I thought it was a trivial matter. Uh, He took it very seriously. I thought it was, he was being over the top, and I also thought it had a lot to do with his um thoughts or biases around gender um gender norms yeah. and that boys, boys don't dye their dye hair. Them. Um and I was kinda like a lot of boys dye their hair and it has nothing to do with gender, has nothing to do with sex and has nothing to do with sexual preference. Um 
is just hair. And he's 10, and this is what he wanted and requested today, tomorrow, he might want something shaved his head. <laughs> right. Which now, he just got his hair cut yesterday, and he has no hair. See? So, um, and this happened, and he went to school, like, he went to school one week with it, and two days later, he had no hair again. So, right. it changes, like, what he wants, and so there are certain things that I argue with the kids about, where I'm like, okay, this is not a good idea and certain things that I don't and because I allow my daughter to color her hair I don't think that I should be like oh, okay I can't allow my son to color his and he's like well girls color their hair it is a big thing I thought it was nonsense I still think it's nonsense but I am growing to understand and respect other people's feelings but because of that particular conversation I've just got it in my mind that we can't have um intelligent dialogue yeah um, not when the intelligence is one-sided. Lopsided. <laughs> true. Very true. And so I make a lot of the you, decisions. Well, you talking to Mr. Potato Head. You kind of got to. Yeah. Well, I just make a lot of decisions on my own. Um, luckily for me, there the only time where I was, he had to be consulted for something legally was when I wanted to take the kids out of the country. And needed a signature and needed for passport. needed a signature for a passport. But, you know, schools and everything, doctors and they. They don't really care. They don't. It's whoever brings the child to... Whoever they see often. That's it. Um, yeah, well, my situation is a little different because I actually have legal sole, quote-unquote, sole custody, but mm-hmm. I did this before in Illinois. Sole custody was kind of like disbanded, and now they have parenting agreements. So I'm mm-hmm. like, jackpot, yes, I didn't... I kind of slid that. under the radar. So when it came for the passports, I just submitted the divorce decree with the sole custody and was like... Give me my kids' documents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but as far as communication, you know, he's he's active with the children as far as visitation. Um, kinda sorta when when he chooses to be, if you know, he wants me to facilitate that process and help him out and I'm just like uh no, considering um <laughs> I mean, 'cause I'm when you when you're the parent that's the um residential parent you're doing all the day-to-day and then you have someone else that does none of that and then they also on top of that want to give you added responsibility of helping them facilitate their visitation you like i got no like i'm already doing a lot lot. (laughs) like you know dentists doctors specialists school extracurriculars and that's Food, just regular stuff. That's not even breakfast, dinner, you name it. Like we I'm doing it all. So right. yeah, my so and so a big part of that I have to realize is like to not be resentful because mm-hmm. that really does color your communication style when yeah, you're you take on all of the responsibility. So that's why I want to talk to talk about that today to let moms know, like, hey, listen, this is a daily struggle. Um because everything on my end, everything is is and not even to turn this into a gripe session, but everything is just like not possible. You know, there's no. I think it's just learning what it's. It's like any relationship, whether you're in it or outside of it, it's kind of like what you can tolerate, what you what you can't, yeah, what you can't, and what you can um, facilitate on your own, and how you can um, get help from other people as well. Yeah, and I'm learning that I have to be the one to simply not get baited into the the arguments because that you know but that's a whole nother different that's thing a too. whole different topic that's a, a different that's day. A, so that's i'm a topic about different types 
of behaviors yeah and, like and personality that. styles yeah and when you deal with someone that has a narcissistic personality style yeah. that nothing is ever their fault and you know they're not going to find a way or not resourceful enough or don't have the desire to be resourceful enough to find ways to get things done then you know you get baited into that and because it becomes very emotional first of all there's a lot of guilt around why did i even choose this person <laughs> Oh, what God. did I do? <laughs> Why me? Well, I know what I did. <laughs> I wasn't listening. Or pretty much. It was more of a um, very rebellious stage in my life where it was like, no, these people aren't right. I'm going to prove them wrong. And then I'm sitting Because like, I love him. Yeah. And in my case, I didn't even love him. I don't know. What the, I, I was just young and stupid. Well, like, I thought about this. I was thinking about this the other day. I was young and stupid. There's some real really really dumb thing and I attributed a lot to now knowing that my frontal cortex wasn't developed um <laughs> so I just did some dumb stuff when I was younger and then when I got older too but still um <laughs> yeah maybe we you know children should not be allowed to date until their prefrontal cortex is developed at the age of 25 and I think that would have probably yeah. solved a lot of my personal but I also in my case I realized that because our relationship was very toxic and abusive in a lot of ways and I was raised in a household where that was normal. that was yeah from one of my you know the in, integral people that raised me like right. my uncle was was like that he was an alcoholic and he was verbally abusive mm-hmm. and then I turn around and marry that because I didn't see any dysfunction in it so and that's again topic for a different day so but back yeah, to the co-parents and yeah. as a mom or as a residential parent because maybe the dad is a residential parent and the mom is, is the one causing issues you really have to set boundaries for yourself and also not worry about what goes on in their house because that was something that the mom that we spoke to who was going through with her stepchild I felt like she couldn't or wasn't willing to or didn't know how or whatever the case was she was too worried about the other parents home and i'm like but you can't influence what goes on in the other home when the the children are with them all you can worry about is what's going on in your house that's true and i think part of it was communication so not necessarily part yeah like yes and her thing was hoping for more communication where there wasn't but it was clear you're not going to get it when it's clear you're not going to get that kind of communication you have to move on and so that's the thing i think that sometimes um, gets in the way yes. for some people, not everybody. Like in my case, I'm just dealing with a um, malignant narcissist, so it's that's not it's not a community. You can't communicate with a narcissist. Um, but there are some things of like we as people picture things to be a certain way. Like it yeah. has to be this way. I expect it to go like this, and so then when it doesn't go like that, especially if you know you have a healthy right frame of reference right and so when it doesn't go like that i think some people get so stuck in the but no it's supposed to, to go like, like this. this yes that they can't go beyond that to water. say like okay well since it's not like this what's the new Let's normal find an alternative yeah. um and people don't get to the new normal because they're so stuck or like if i'm doing x then this person's supposed to do y yeah and i think that i'm learning a lot about you cannot and it also you don't own that you don't own you don't own that process you don't and it also serves a child no purpose right because if there's gonna be any kind of communication but the adults are stuck in this rat 
wheel of it's supposed to be it's like supposed this. to be like this then how come he just can't do this or how come she just can't do if that? they do this then i could do this and it's like okay. and it's in the child in the meantime whatever it's you guys are trying off. to yeah it's, it, 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 it causes rails. issues because you know for me i've learned to just literally ask questions this is what the child needs right um can you accommodate it yes or no and then it so i'm not paying i'm not playing verbal tennis right so it's it 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 really you know hopefully it becomes to the point where we can become amicable and say you know have that kind of open lines of communication but right now Mm -hmm. that's just not where it is so um and one thing i try to do is be very very mindful of the image that that presents to kids because they watch, they see, they yeah. see, you know, they see. My daughter is like, well, you know, you just don't, you, you hate my dad. And she says, oh, nonchalant. I'm like, oh, is it that apparent? <laughs> hey, clearly it is. Clearly. But, you know, and so I've had to have that conversation with her. I don't sugarcoat it. Like, I, I'm, I, I'm very honest about my emotions when it comes to her, my children's father, my ex-husband. Um... But to also let them know that this is an adult issue. It has nothing to do with you. We both love you. Um, But then I'm mindful now of how that comes across. And I definitely don't talk disparagingly about him to them around them or, you know, I I just, I I don't say anything. I think, and that's kind of also why. (laughs) I try to, like, because my kids have gone, they're on this campaign now where they don't have a father. Oh, God. Um, and I have to say that, like, you know, our relationship did not work out. It doesn't mean you don't have a father. Uh, every person has their issues. I'm not a perfect parent either. Right. I don't do this thing where I have learned that I don't myself or make my kids reach out to people that... Um, don't reach out to them. Yeah. yeah I because I feel like, you know, kind of what you give is what you get. So I think at one time, my their father said to my daughter, like, well, you don't tell me what's going on with my life. And I told, uh, with your life, rather. And I told her that that's not her responsibility. Um, that's, the onus is not on her to tell the parent what she's doing. It is on the parent to communicate with the child. Because yeah. the child would not have a phone if it wasn't for her other parent. Um, so... To, to to be like mindful of that but also don't try, like I try my best it doesn't always work not to say bad things about them because at the especially end of the sometimes day, when the bad things are just truth right <laughs> like exactly you, but at the end do? of the day I do take some responsibility for the fact that um I think I've grown a lot since then but I did choose this person right. to have my children so, with and so I do bear we are, we a lot are, of the responsibility exactly. and some of the guilt from that too um, so I don't want to like sugarcoat it as in like I'm super mom and he's like the terrible person, but I do want to say that I have proved evident to be the more responsible one more out responsible. of the two of us. And this is an important topic because I found some research that, and you found some some tips on how to kind of navigate yes. a better co-parenting relationship, but it says um the Pew Research Center. This article is from May of 2019. Where did I just see that? Uh, 24% of American mothers are single moms. That's that's a pretty hefty number because most mothers are married. It says 68%, but a quarter of mothers in America 
are single moms. So about 9 million mothers are living with a child that's younger than 18 without a spouse or partner. They call it solo motherhood. I like that. Solo yeah. motherhood. I like that term way better than single motherhood. Um, Twenty, But they break it down by race also. 26% of Hispanic moms, 17% of white moms, and 9% of Asian moms are solo. Um, but for black mothers, it's 56%. Ooh, that's so crazy to me. Yeah. So crazy. Um, and then I could go off on a tangent or something else, but it's so crazy to me. But then I also saw something that said, I think it was an um, article from Michigan State University, that 50% of families are remarried or recoupled families. Mm. So um, that means that a lot of people. And sorry about all the noise in the background. We are recording, but my my mother is up here having a party in my kitchen. I ain't complaining because she's gonna cook, but I just want you all to know what's going on in the background. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that. So there are a lot of people that could benefit from this information about co-parenting, either listening to our stories of how we're co-parenting, or listening to some ways to know. Um, so this is an article from Very Well Family about 10 signs of a healthy, effective co-parenting relationship. So the 10 signs are, one, you have clear boundaries. Two, you have a predetermined schedule. Three, you are willing to be flexible. Four, you defer to one another for child care. Five, you basically agree. Six, there is no effort to manipulate. Seven, you talk to one another about schedule changes. Eight, your children think you get along pretty well. Nine, you are able to attend events without tension. And ten, you recognize each other as significant influences in your kids' lives. So we'll go over those tips again, yeah, but I thought they I'm were like... about two out of ten. <laughs> about 20%. But here's the thing. It's like once you know what the signs of a um, healthy co-parenting relationship are, then you could kind of work towards those. So I didn't take it as a like, oh, you know, this is my report card. and it, I, I Only because it, it takes on both who, of you have to be willing to work towards a well, cohesive co-parenting relationship. If one person When is I said like, you, I didn't mean like one... See, here's the thing. I think that we have to be clear in the distinction that there are people you cannot co-parent with. This is true. Those people are narcissists. This is true. It is very hard to have a amicable relatable relationship with those type of people. I think we've talked about narcissists and narcissistic um, characteristics before. We can do another episode about that again. In this case, unfortunately, we're both dealing with people who have similar types. And in narcissists' wheels and in narcissists' lives, they do things that benefit them. Them and only so them, yes. in my case, nothing about raising his children benefits him. In your case, he gets off on being a, looked at as a good dad, and so therefore he tries to be involved. Okay, so we've established that. But everybody's relationship is not like that. I know. And I, <laughs> I, I want to find those people and, like, join their tribe. I, I, I need to be of them. <laughs> so for people who are, like, find themselves where this relationship just did not work out. Yeah, and they, they can co-parent cohesively. They can co-parent cohesively. Where y'all at? Email us. <laughs> <laughs> Give us the, I don't need your tips, because like I said, there is no talking to 
this type of person. Yeah. If you're not in that narc wheel where you're affirming their narcissistic yeah, they have the you serve no purpose. You for them. serve no purpose, and therefore you're just on the outs. That's it. So, but I like those tips. Yeah. So again, the tips are you have clear boundaries. Um, that's number one. Number two, you have a predetermined schedule, and I think that's super important because then that gives the oh my kids God, I something love that. to. Kids need structure. Um, structure, and and I think that's one of my frustrations. Legally, we have a predetermined schedule, but when, yeah, that person ain't following it, it just throws life into utter chaos. So number three, you're willing to be flexible. Yes. Um. Number four is you defer to one another for childcare, and I like that because it kind of reminds me of like when you're at a team, like when you're in a team in a project or you're in a team at work. When you start to realize that each person is integral to the success yeah. of that team, yep. then you defer, you're able to lean on them for something else. And so co-parenting is very similar to that. It is. That. So you should be a team. Yeah. You basically agree. So, like, you know, you talk about what's for the best interest of your children, and you're like, okay, yeah, we're on the same page. Right. Um, There's no effort to manipulate. And so this right here, that's where I'm out. You know, that's where it throws me out. (laughs) I was out the first. first. Well, no, for me, it's like the the whole crux of our relationship was about manipulation. And then one of the things that I've learned, too, dealing with a narcissist is you start to pick up narcissistic traits yourself because you're trying to preempt. Um, <laughs> this is war. <laughs> right. And so you're trying to preempt the stuff that they would do or they would say. And so it's kind of like then you develop those um, characteristics yourself while you're trying to be like, oh, well, you know, can you beat them to the punch yeah. in, in order? And here's the one thing. It's like you can't. You cannot. They don't have feelings. And so, right. you like, though you're feeling it, they're they're not going to be empathetic. They're not going to be Mm-mm. sympathetic. They Mm-mm. don't have feelings. None. So you can't really preempt the narc, but you do start to kind of fall into this. Yeah, of, and um, that becomes, it's really just self, um, self-serving self for, for the, the wounded soldier, so to yeah. speak. But keep going. Um, and it says you talk to one another about schedule changes. So that was the communication <laughs> piece, it's like being able to communicate and being able to say, "Hey, yeah, I know. I said I was gonna do this. Um, I had like a friend. Yeah, um, I had to laugh at that one. That was had small children with his kid's mother, and he was like, "Well, she expects me to do all these things all the time, and sometimes I have to be out of town, or I'm doing speaking engagements and everything." And I was like, "Okay, well, pro tip." Just say that. Like, Just say, say it. You know, this, you know, my normal schedule is X, Or y, I don't Z. have a normal schedule, but I'll try right. to work with you. Or I'll try. Yeah. You know, so I was like, that's more about communication. So communication is really key. Um, and then the next one is your children think you get along pretty well. I think that that is key to any type of relationship, whoever you're dealing with, um, that the appearance of that they work well together is good for your kids because your yeah. kids have to like they learn how to deal with other people in relationships by seeing by you. role modeling yeah. yeah so you have to try your best i know sometimes it's difficult trust me i know but um i still try to have like positive communication around my kids uh and curse people out in private. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're able to attend events without tension. Yeah, that we can do because we. It's just like 
And some people don't do it. I think the last event that we t- attended was uh, my daughter's eighth grade graduation. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just very clear and had to repeat it throughout the night that we, you, you must remember, we are not together. <laughs> <laughs> don't like, touch we're here. me. It is a happy don't moment. Snuggle up don't to me. touch me. <laughs> I can have a, a conversation with you. Uh, please, unless you pay for you. He needs a separate check. Uh, <laughs> all of that to make sure that you understand that we are only here. Boundaries. For the child. No. Luckily, thank the stars, my ex-husband is remarried. Yeah. Hallelujah. I mean, I honestly, I don't even know if this man, if he got remarried, he would tell me. I don't, it's just that. Probably not. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> And then number 10 is you recognize each other as significant influences in your kid's life. And this, I think, regardless of whether this person is a narcissist or not, I do think that most parents or most, you know, sometimes I recognize that the parent who's really taking care of the kids most of the time is a significant influence in that child's life. I think both parents, even the parent that is it's absent not, or yeah. the parent because that's dysfunctional because is significant it's very well. significant. When you're talking about kids, I think parents are the most significant people in their lives. And their absence speaks volumes. Their, you know, any dysfunction or inconsistency also speaks volumes. So, Which is why I talk about that and say that yeah, I mean, my I whole think, thing is like your, your father is not well. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you do. Well... Because you you factor in some other outliers like substance abuse and things like that, right? And so it right. becomes like this is a person who has yes an addictive personality and, who has you know yeah. alcoholism who has some substance abuse issues and so yes it becomes your father is not well yeah and so I think that and even for moms who might be listening to this and in a relationship they that they've contemplated getting out of I think these are great tips to keep in mind and it's like look. Don't stay in in toxic relationships for your children. Right. Um. I tried that in the beginning, and oh, then I it was tr- just like it got to the point where I was. It got to the point where I was like, you know what? What's I had? It was like an epiphany. I mm-hmm. literally had an aha moment. It was like, wait a minute. I accepted this relationship because this was normalized to me. Mm-hmm. So I need to remove them from this environment. And if nothing else, I'd rather them see that. Hey, you know. It's it's not okay to stay at anything that does not serve you emotionally, right? For the sake of someone else, right? Be it the partner or the children, the children, yeah. And for me, I would think it was more as like uh, my father passed away when I was younger, and then I had a stepfather growing up who was always there. But I don't think that we have a great relationship now. We didn't have the best. And sorry about the technical difficulties. Um, yeah, the we were cut off. Well, here we go, picking up part two. Yeah, so I <laughs> we're talking. Saying, continue. You're talking about your dad. Yeah, so I was like, my father passed away when I was younger, and then I had a stepfather who was there. But I don't think we had the greatest of relationships when I was younger. Our relationship is pretty great now, but that's it's interesting. Take- I, mine is the same. Like me and my stepdad. Okay, I take it back. He, I just he didn't. He was the type of man who didn't talk. Okay, so. He was just my mama's husband. Right. But now we have a like a really great relationship. My kids are just enamored with Papa. And, you know, my father, my own father, was in and out of jail my entire life. And pretty much that whole consistency was mm-hmm. not a thing. And so 
Right. You know, and then I got, when I got older, like a teenager, I was just like, dude, don't, don't call me. Don't reach out to me because I don't, you, you serve no purpose. But now that I'm an adult, he's reaching out and that's something we'll have to like talk about again. Cause I'm just like, and I, I did tell him because he wants to be, you know, my children, I'm his only child. And he's like, you know, I don't want anything to happen to me and I don't, you guys don't know me. And you know, I, he wants to build this relationship and I'm just like, I gave you a chance with my children. You kind of blew it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for their sake, you're not going to have anything to do with them. Now you and I, you can, cause he texts me. He's like, Oh, I want to come see them. Yeah, no. So I don't, I'm just on the fence with that. Well, I think that, I don't know. Um, and I, I, people say I'm mean. I don't think it's mean. I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm grown now. Yeah. You're doing this to serve yourself. You know, I'm, I don't need a, I'm 38 years old. What the hell I need? You can't bounce me on your knee. Now you might be able to pay a bill or two. What you? <laughs> what? Gonna need a therapist for this conversation. <laughs> but um, what I will say is that I think that the relationship and my stuff, our relationship is better now. I do communicate with him more, but I think that the same relation, it's still a mirror of the same relationship that we had before, which was like he likes to fix things with money. Um, and I so, like that. <laughs> We should trade. No, we, so man, bad. listen. I actually need the money. Um, <laughs> you take my daddy who wants to now shower with love. No, shower with me with Benjamins. But okay. No, I, I need the money because I don't get child support from their real daddy. But um, <laughs> what I get is basically just like, okay, advice. Here's some money. And it's He's not trying the, to be a father now, essentially. Yeah. Well, he's done that my whole entire life. Okay. Um, but it's more of people operate in relationships in the way that's best for them. And so I think the best thing for him is to operate under um, being a provider. So that works for him. That, that, and you know what? And as this, speaking about how our relationships with our father colored our relationship with men, and then we end up having children with these men, I think that's something that all moms need to look at. Yes. You know, please also take an internal reflective moment on who are the men that were in your life that raised you, that kind of shaped your view uh, on men and relationships. Yeah. Um, because that colors how you choose a mate. And so, you know, we don't think Be about that, especially that. when you're young. You don't really think about that, right? It's not all. Some women were you know had a better upbringing or maybe more cohesive or just got lucky i don't know what it is and they found a spouse and a mate that works um and they live happily ever after that's amazing but for some of us who didn't have that process i think you have to do the self-work and turn around and say wait a minute because i chose this like you and i I, that really bugs me when moms want to put all the blame on the dad like well if he just is no, no, I'm gonna need you to turn you some to. of that. Take a look at yourself. What are you doing wrong, and how can you kind of try to facilitate this? Because it's not always the other co-parent. Um, you know, you 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 got some some. Yeah, there are things that blame you're there. accepting as well. Um, two of the things that I've learned. Um, one of them, and never ever ever hold your children. Use your children as a pawn like that. Yeah, I can't. That, that, that just that gets under my skin. It's a, I can't even fathom that. People say it happens. I'm just like, huh, like. But because my case is so outside of that where I've never done that, I'm like, yo, I used to have open door policy, policy yeah. which was like, yo, if, if, but see, then that's when the, the, the boundaries were. <laughs> boundaries started Exactly. But, um, I didn't want to be a critical path where you couldn't see your kids because it was 
you know, like, yeah, oh, and I still have an open door policy in the sense that you can see these come Any, here whenever you want to. You, right. I'm just not finna, like, I'm not about to, and it's not even about entertaining because, it, in my case, that's not even the case, but. We don't have those boundaries to blur is, you know, he's married and I know he's married. He's fine. You know, so that's not the issue It's, you know, I'm not going to foster it. I'm mm-hmm. not going to be the one constantly chauffeuring children to you because you want to see them and don't have the means to be or, able to get them. and not even the means, but just the, the resourcefulness to come get them. Like we live in Chicago. This is a major metropolitan city. Lots of public Lots transportation. Of, you know, Uber is, I used Uber in Egypt. So I know you can use Uber in Chicago. <laughs> it's true. But what I was going to say is that uh, one of the things that I've learned is that, uh, and I know we'll probably wrap up soon, is that I have a male therapist. I have a black male therapist. Yes, um, I like and him. I just talked to him recently. I'm going back on Friday. Um, about how the realization that I needed a black male therapist just hit me recently because I had such precarious relationships with black men Mm. um, that I needed to have a positive relationship because the relationship that I have with my stepfather is positive now, but it was not positive when I was younger. Um, And so I needed to have a positive black male relationship in my life Mm -hmm. that kind of reframed how I, as a woman, um, viewed black men or acted with black men because um i jokingly and all the other times and but somewhat true i think i posted something the other day that said like i need a strong black man because um i don't listen well and that (laughs) has been my a lot of my life um and i'm just getting to a point where i could i can't even hear or listen yeah. to um men when they talk instead of wanting to be combative because a lot of my relationship um with men especially my stepfather was combative in my youth and so yeah. I've gotten to the place where that relationship is no longer combative and so now I can um not have a combative relationship with other men and then I have to constantly remind myself that you do not own the thing that you love mm. um and that means you don't own the experience, you don't own the relationship, and you don't own the person. People are going to act the way that they're going to act. Each person is on their own separate journey. And so though you would, you have these expectations in your mind, once you try, like once you separate that and realize that people are doing what they need to do in order to yeah. survive, it becomes a little bit easier. And that's one thing that I've learned is that expectations are the killer of joy. Yeah, and expectations and are happiness. different from boundaries. Having they are. Expectations. Are from expecting people to act how you want them to act. Right. And I think that we have to understand that we cannot expectations your expectations for someone else is is just that your expectations they're not beholden to to act the way that you want them to simply because it serves your purpose right so but i think we need to i think today's topic was um helpful for me it's just to kind of get it out a little bit moms you all are not alone any of you who have co-parenting struggles the tips that leanne gave are awesome um, what's the article that those they came are, um, from? Very well, family.com. Yes. And I found the statistics about single moms, 24% of 
uh, of mothers, our single mothers. That's from the Pew Research Center. Yeah, it's very P-E-W. Went to verywellfamily.com. The article is written by Jennifer Wolf. Or if you just um, Google 10 signs of a healthy, effective co-parenting relationship, you can find that article to look up those tips. So see if you, you know, kind of give yourself a report card, either I'm on track, or I could be doing better and what ways can I um simu- which ways can I make this relationship better? Yeah. For so. all involved. And until next time, mamas, uh talk to y'all later. Go co parent cohesively for me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah.